Welcome to the Russian Rulers Podcast. Today's podcast is a slapshot episode on food and dining in 17th century Moscow. Uh, this past week has been a kind of a busy one for me. I have celebrated my 52nd birthday and my 15th anniversary. So I just couldn't spend the time on putting together a full uh, podcast uh, because we're going to be starting on the beginnings of, you know, and the feelings of Peter the Great are going to be coming up. So it's a big topic. I want to make sure that I get it right for all of you. But I did have something special here. Uh, there was a uh, person called Adam Oliarius. And uh, what he did is he was traveling all through 17th century uh, Russia. And he wrote quite a bit about the day-to-day -day life of people. And it was just amazing. He took two embassies, took part in two embassies at a Muscovy on behalf of the Duke of Holstein. Uh, the first one was 1633 through 1635, and the second was around 1639, where he was going to Persia, but he stopped in Moscow on the way. Uh, the first edition of his account uh, appeared in 1647, uh, and he really turned, in this little selection I'm going to be reading to you, he uh, turns his eye to the Muscovite diet, providing a mixture of keen observation and undisguised disgust at manners very different from his own. So I hope you enjoy this. And this comes from a, a, a book called The Travels of Oliarius in 17th Century Russia, which comes from Stanford University. The domestic arrangements of the Russians vary according to their station. Generally, they live meagerly and spend little on their homes. The magnates and rich merchants it is true, now live in costly palaces. But these were built only in the last 30 years, however, and before that they too lived in wretched dwellings. The majority, and especially the common people, live on extremely little. Their houses are shoddy and cheap, and the interiors have few furnishings and utensils. Most have not more than three or four earthen pots, and as many clay and wooden dishes. Few pew pewter and even fewer silver dishes, let alone cups for vodka or meat are seen. These people are not in the habit of expending much effort on cleaning and polishing their vessels. Even the Grand Prince's pewter and silver plate, which, with which the ambassadors were entertained, was black and repulsive, as were some of our lazy host tankards, which had not been washed out for a year or more. None of the houses, whether rich or poor, display vessels as ornaments. The walls are bare except in the houses of the wealthy, where they are hung with mats and with some icons. Very few people have feather beds, in lieu of which they lie on benches covered with cushions, straw, mats, or their clothes. In the winter they sleep on flat-topped stoves, like bake ovens, as the non-German people in Livonia do. Side by side lie men, women, and children, as well as servants, both male and female. In some places, we found chicken and pigs under the benches and stoves. They are not accustomed to tender dishes and dainty morsels. Their daily food consists of groats, beets, cabbages, cucumbers, and fresh or salt fish. In Moscow, they use coarse salt fish, which sometimes stinks because they are thrifty with the salt. Nevertheless, they like to eat it. One can detect a fish market by the odor well before he sees or comes upon it. Because of their excellent pastures, they have good lamb, veal, and pork, but they spend little on meat, for their religion prescribes as many fast days as meat-eating days, and therefore they have become used to coarse and wretched food. They know how to prepare so many dishes of fish, pastry, and vegetables 
that one may forget about meat. As I have already mentioned, on one fast day, the, the Tsar granted us 40 such dishes. They have a special kind of pastry, much eaten in butter week, uh, which they call pirog. It's like a pie, or more exactly a fritter, though sometimes somewhat longer. It is filled with minced fish or meat and onion, and is baked in butter or during fasts in vegetable oil. The taste is not unpleasant. Everyone treats a guest with these if he means to receive him well. They have a very common food which they call ikra, made of the roe of large fish, especially sturgeon and whitefish. They expel the roe from the membrane in which it is contained, salt it, and after it has stood for six or eight days, mix it with pepper and finely chopped onions. Some use also add vinegar and country butter before serving it. It is not a bad dish. If one pours a bit of lemon juice over it instead of vinegar, it gives a good appetite and has a restorative effect. Ikra is salted on the Volga, chiefly at Asrahan. Some of it is dried in the sun. They'll fill hundreds of barrels with it and send it to other countries, especially to Italy, where it is considered a delicacy and is called caviaro. Certain people lease the trade from the Grand Prince for a certain sum of money. The Russians prepare a special dish when they have a hangover or feel uncomfortable. They cut cold baked lamb into small pieces like cubes, but thinner and broader. Mix them with peppers and cucumbers similarly cut, and pour over them a mixture of equal parts of vinegar and cucumber juice. They eat this with a spoon, and afterwards a drink tastes good again. They generally prepare their food with garlic and onions, so all their rooms and houses, especially the uh, sumptuous chambers of the Grand Prince's palace in the Kremlin, give off an odor offensive to us Germans. So do the Russians themselves, as one notices in speaking to them, and all the places they frequent, even a little. The drink of the common people is kvass, comparable to weak beer or small beer, and also beer, mead, and vodka. Every dinner must begin with vodka, and in the course of the meal, other drinks are served as well. In addition to good beer, the tables of the magnates offer Spanish, Rhenish, and French wines, various kinds of mead and double vodka. They have good beer, which the Germans in particular know how to brew and preserve, doing so in the spring. They prepare ice cellars, in the bottom of which they place snow and ice, and above that a row of kegs, then another layer of snow, and again kegs, and so forth. Over the top they lay straw and boards, since the cellar has no roof. Thus they can bring one keg after another into use, and they may have fresh and delicious beer throughout the summer, which is quite hot. They import wine by way of Archangel. The Russians, who prefer vodka, do not like wine as much as the Germans do. Well, I hope you enjoyed that and got a little bit of an insight into uh, the people of Russia and the time period that we were discussing around the time of uh, Michael Romanov. And as always, uh, please uh, visit the website at russianrulers.podhoster.com. Leave a comment, make a suggestion, uh, ask some questions, or go over to the Facebook uh, fan club page at Russian Rulers Podcast. And uh, hope you have a great day. And as always, до свидания и спасибо большое.